I want to preface today's podcast with the statement, I love teaching. I love being a teacher. I love what I do. And I think I've made a difference for a lot of kids. But let's face it, sometimes teaching can come with its challenges. I spent about 10 years teaching developmental reading and writing classes at college. And most of my students were new to college, fresh out of high school, and needed to catch up on their academics. 99% of the time in college classes, there's no issue with behavior. It just doesn't usually become a problem. But this one time, I had two students, two girls, posturing to fight. They were back and forth with the remarks, and I looked over, and all of a sudden, my class is kind of focused on these two girls. So I sent the girls outside of the room, and I went out to talk to them. Reality sometimes packs a pretty strong punch. And I said to them, all right, I don't know what you two are planning on doing, but if you're going to fight, here's how it works. When you're in college, we don't send you to the principal's office. We don't call your parents. We call the police. And if that's what you want to happen, then that is exactly what's going to happen. So I suggest you two both go in different directions and then come back into the class when you're ready to do what you need to do with me. And they chose that wise route of separating and eventually coming back in as calm as could be. I am what you'd call a veteran teacher. I have taught every grade from K through college, and I have had fights that I've had to break up. I've been threatened. I've seen classroom disruptions turn on a dime. I mean, this is not unusual. In the K-12 system, unfortunately, that's the reality that many teachers face these days. Now, I also don't want you to get me wrong because I have had some wonderful students in wonderful classes and I love what I'm doing and the problems that occur don't occur all the time, but they can happen. Today I want to talk about issues at college and I want to talk about what exactly is done and is not done at the college level. I want your child to be successful in high school and in college and so that's what today's podcast is all about. So welcome to college disabilities and success episode 56 10 things college will not do by mickey hayes the opinions in this podcast are my own but please reach out to your college physician or legal services for additional information Today's issues are issues as I understand them and as they have happened in my own experience. But every college is different. And if you have a question about any of the specific statements that I make today in this podcast, please talk to Disability Services at the college of your choice and find out if they are in agreement with my comment or if they have exceptions to the rule. Since I had mentioned the behavior issues that I faced at the beginning, I thought I would start off this list. I have 10 points I want to make, and I thought I would start off this list with behavior. Issue number one, in college, if a student has a problem in class, if they do not follow the specific guidelines set up in the syllabus or set up in the school's code of conduct policy, the reality is they can be removed from college. I've really only had one issue where I was actually a participant at a meeting between a student, the dean, and the police. But it can happen. The school doesn't call the parents to tell them. Now, if the student wants the parents there at a meeting, they can request it. But the school is not going to notify the parents unless the student requests it. And that goes along with FERPA laws. So if you have any issues or questions about that, you really need to check on the FERPA laws, Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, and how they would apply 
to a behavioral issue like that. The school or the disability services will also not notify a parent of problems with attendance and problems with grades. So you really should have very good relationship and communication with your children if you want to know those things ahead of time. Issue number two, disability services does not check on students' progress in classes. We don't follow the students' achievements in class. We kind of go on the assumption no news is good news. So unless a student comes to disability services with a specific issue or problem, we have no way of knowing it. Because in most cases, faculty will not notify us if a student is having a hard time. Now, there may be some cases where faculty does notify us, but those are rare and few and far between. So be aware of that, that any tracking of grades and progress and problems in class will not be known automatically to disability services unless the student comes specifically to the department to tell them of the problem. And notice I said student, not parent. Unfortunately, that is also the reality. The student has to be the one to tell us there's an issue. Issue number three, disability services does not provide evaluations for a learning disability. They will request documentation for a learning disability or any other disability, but they will not arrange for an evaluation or testing for that disability. That is totally up to the student. Now, many times disability services have lists of people they can recommend that they can share with the student, but the decision to be evaluated for a disability and the expense for that evaluation is the responsibility of the student, not the college. Issue number four. Now, along that same line, a student will not be automatically given accommodations if they do not have proper documentation and if they do not register with the Office of Services for Students with Disabilities. So if you are a parent of a high schooler and you can get current updated documentation during the K-12 years, that's probably something you should consider. But do know, please, that most colleges, when they're looking at documentation for students with a learning disability, want documentation that's not very old and that adult norms have been used in determining the diagnosis of a disability. Issue number five, disability services does not show the testing results, the file, the the psychological evaluation. They do not share any of those documents with faculty. The only way faculty would officially know what your diagnosis is, is if this child reveals it to the faculty member. The only thing that the faculty member knows from disability services is that the student has registered with the department and has provided sufficient documentation to warrant XYZ accommodations. And that's really all disability services is going to tell the faculty member. Now, some faculty members guess, and sometimes they guess correctly, and sometimes they guess incorrectly. And sometimes there's multiple disabilities So they may be aware of some, but not everything. But just know that your information is confidential and it should be protected by disability services and not available to the faculty member. Issue number six, disability services does not change or modify any assignments. Now they may talk to the student and the faculty member about arranging some sort of testing accommodations that may be different from what the general population is doing. For example, they may have the test split into two days or two separate sections. They may have readers. They may have 
scribes, whatever the student with a disability needs would be part of the accommodations, but nowhere will they lessen the test, change the questions, or modify anything that the course and the professors require the students to do, period. Colleges cannot modify curriculum by law because what's happening is the college is guaranteeing that you accomplished XYZ towards your degree and are awarding you a degree based on the work that you did in the classroom. And so for a disability services to water that work down or modify it in any way is not going to be appropriate or allowed. Now, some faculty take a universal design for learning approach to their classroom and to their course, and that's beneficial for a student with a disability because that gives that student options. But usually the universal design for learning situations occur in the classroom through the faculty and not through disability services. Now, disability services may have a conversation with the faculty member about a universal design approach to the material for a certain student. But again, those are conversations that take place between the disability services the faculty member, and the student, and they ultimately evaluate the student on what the student is required to learn, which is the same thing that every other student in that class is required to learn. Issue number seven, when we're talking about accommodations in college, your child should not assume that if they had a particular accommodation in high school, it will automatically be granted at college. It's very, very important that you understand that. Now, sometimes those accommodations are going to be the same, but not always. Sometimes accommodations depend on the class that you're taking, and you may need certain accommodations in one class and not another. But any accommodations that the college provides are based on the documentation that the student has provided the department. So if the student has good disability documentation, then the student may end up with additional accommodations based on that documentation. But you should never assume that because you had an accommodation in high school or even at another college that you will be awarded that same accommodation at your new college because that doesn't always happen. Even if you are taking multiple classes from multiple colleges on the same campus site, each college is going to have their own disability services department and rules. And that situation could occur when a university offers courses at a community college campus site. But the credits that you're getting are going to be university credits, and therefore the accommodations you get are going to be from the University Disability Services. And so you really need to know there could very well be a difference even at the same location. Issue number eight, colleges do not write IEPs. The end, that's it, done. They do not write them. I have never heard of a college who wrote IEPs. That is an IDEA law, and that is part of the K-12 law, but it is not part of ADA and college law. Now, colleges may honor an IEP for accommodations. Some colleges do and some colleges do not. But the college themselves will not actually prepare IEPs for a student. Issue number nine, colleges also do not provide personal care attendance. If your child has a disability that requires a personal care attendant, those arrangements must be made through the family, through an alternative service, but they are not made or provided by the college. Now, the college will allow the student to have a personal care attendant at the site. That's not an issue. 
but the personal care attendant will not be provided by the college, nor will it be paid for by the college. I have never heard of a case where a personal care attendant came from the college directly. Issue number 10. The last issue I want to talk about today is about tutoring. Now, in most cases, the disability services at the college does not provide individualized tutoring for students with disabilities. Many colleges provide that on-site for any student who needs it, regardless of their situation. And that is the tutoring that students with disabilities will be using. They do not generally use specialized tutoring from disability services. And that reason comes down to equal access. Remember, colleges provide equal access to the information. So the job of disability services is to accommodate your child based on the disability so that their disability is not what's being tested, but their knowledge is what's being tested. So the college is designed to provide equal access to information, but they're not going to give you additional specialized tutoring from disability services. It's equal access, the same access that any student in that situation would get. And that's why tutoring is for everybody at the colleges, not just for a student with a disability. Now, I tried to think of as many different things as I could think of that colleges do not do that have been done in the K-12 system. And I'm sure I missed a few, but the ones that I talked about today are very important. And if you or your child are under the misconception that something's going to happen that the college does not do or provide, you need to have those conversations with your child and with the colleges so that you can get clarity on the rules and the guidelines that the colleges have established. There's nothing worse than being surprised by something you thought was going to happen that is not going to happen. I've put together an ebook that's free. It's four or five pages of questions that parents and students should already know the answers for. And if you don't, then you can use these questions as conversation starters with disability services to make sure that you have the knowledge you need when your child transitions from high school to college. So the ebook that I have for you is called Insights from a Disability Specialist, and I'll have the link in the show notes today, but it's a free ebook, and it's there to give you triggers to think about, to give you some idea of the kinds of questions you should be able to answer when your child goes to college. I've also built a course about transitioning from high school to college. It's called College and Disabilities, Nine Changes from High School That Every Parent Should Know. I built the course specifically to make it easy to learn and to understand just what you can expect when you get to college and all of the changes that happen from high school to college. We talk about the laws, we talk about the faculty, we talk about a little bit of online courses. There's 10 different sections to it with 10 different videos, and each video ranges from somewhere between 15, 20 minutes to a half an hour, depending on the topic. And I tried to give you as much information as I could that would make it a very handy guide for you to have that you can just access and listen to as many times as you want. And I would advise you to also have your children listen to it because that would be the best way for them to know firsthand exactly what to expect when they get to college. Once again, the course is called College and Disabilities, Nine Changes from High School that every parent should know. And the link to that course is on my website. 
and I will also include that in today's show notes. Thank you for joining me today. I really, really appreciate you checking out my podcasts, and I hope you find value in them. If you have any questions about anything, you can send me an email at mickeyteaches at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-K-I-E teaches at gmail.com. And you can visit my website at mickeyteaches.com for all kinds of additional information and resources as well. In the meantime, have a great rest of the day, and we will talk again soon. Bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the College of Your Choice to have first-hand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, educational, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified health care provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.